0: This is the XC's top five for the last week in October slash first week in November. We're recording this on Halloween, October 31st. My name is Michael Doyle and I am joined by Alex Sear. Alex, what's the running themed costume you'll be wearing as you run through your neighborhood this evening collecting candy?
1: I've decided to be a combination of Cameron Levins and Malcolm Gladwell depending on who asks
0: two for one nice Mm -hmm. so you just get like a a wig some hokas
1: an 80s toronto high school track singlet yeah and the people i i mumble something about the 10,000 hour rule that's pretty good i like it uh
0: and andrew crookshank andrew what is the greatest halloween costume of all time for Uh, a runner
2: well, as I said earlier, I'm hoping to see a bunch of uh, little Alberto Salazar's running around out there tonight.
0: <laughs> I like the idea of like a I like the idea of a child Alberto Salazar. <laughs>
1: that's good. What if you go with your friends as the disgraced Nike Oregon Project?
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like group combination. Yeah, I like that. I like that. The nasal strip one of them. You could go <laughs> as you could go as the testosterone gel.
1: That's that's one costume. The big <laughs> stick of testosterone gel. Well, now people are really into puns. Be like Al, Albuterol, be like a combination of Alberto and a drug.
0: Someone once told me that that was his nickname in running circles. Albuterol. In, 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 when he was a competitor. I'm not really? sure if that's true. <laughs> anyway, we're going to do the top five topics as we see them for the week less than a couple minutes we're trying to keep it to a minute a topic we're going to get you in and out in 10-12 minutes so topic number one the New York City Marathon it's this Sunday New York sort of is the informal end of the season uh, for the big races and they ca- this race is capping off the craziest season in distance running history I would say Pretty exciting races uh, but on both the men's and women's side. Uh, Alex, tell us a little bit about what we should be looking out for when we were watching the race on Sunday.
1: Well, I'll be looking for two very strong races. So starting with the women, all eyes will be on Mary Tani. At this point, she's kind of known as the New York City Marathon Queen. She has four wins to her credit, and she's a 2.17 marathoner. And she's going to be challenged by a few top contenders. So Joycelyn Jipkoskiy. Who has a 104 half marathon to her credit, and Ruti Aga, who earlier, last year, won Tokyo, um, earlier this year, won Tokyo, and uh, is a 218 marathoner. So it's going to be a strong race on the women's side. And on the men's side, it's going to be a full on rematch from last year. The top four finishers are back in New York, and they're headlined by Lalisa De Sisa, who just a few weeks ago yeah. won the world championship uh in uh, doha and he's back for more De Sisa, obviously one of the three uh famous nike breaking two athletes of 2017 so he's a familiar face he's going to be challenged by jeffrey cam war who's obviously in great fitness 5801 for the half marathon world record earlier this year and then not to be uh, forgotten are shura Kitata and tamarat tola a pair of 204 marathoners so it's going to be hot
0: yeah it's it's a totally dope race i mean that's going to be amazing andrew there are two numbers that we're looking at um specifically and a big question mark around this race considering everything that's happened in 2019 so far what are those numbers
2: well, we've got two o five and two twenty two. Those are the uh, the course records for both uh, men and women, which um, seem quite soft considering uh, the the level of competition that shows up to this race, um, as particularly when you, when you look at um, a race like Berlin that's uh, that has a two o one or Chicago has a two o three or or a two fourteen as of this year on the women's side. Um, so obviously, we'll be looking for those to to drop, especially with the introduction of the the new nike uh next percenter so we'll have to see what uh, what goes down there hopefully it'll be a fast race
0: couple of other quick takeaways to keep your eye on uh sarah hall who ran the berlin marathon earlier this year as well so she's doubling up in a season like Lelisa de says she ran 222 which is a massive breakthrough for her 222 for the new york city marathon usually gets you in the conversation of maybe being a contender for the win so keep an eye on sarah hall that would be cool And also, what's on these people's feet? You just mentioned uh, the next percent. Mary Katani, who is the favorite going in, is an Adidas athlete. Ooh, Wonder what she's going to be wearing. Very curious to see what Adidas has got uh, planned for Mary Katani and whether or not the shoes will be a factor yet again in this race. All right, moving on. Next topic, the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Marathon is not going to be run in Tokyo. Where is it going to be run, Andrew?
2: They have decided to move it 800 kilometers north to Sapporo. Um, this was a decision made by the IOC uh, without consulting the uh, the uh, Olympic organizing body. Um, so we've got some Tokyo officials who are not happy about this. Uh, apparently, it's going to cost them $310 million to move Whoa. it. Yeah. That's
0: a lot of money. Alex, is it worth, is $310 million worth how many degrees cooler uh, in Sapporo?
1: Looks like it's going to be two degrees cooler. That is the estimation from 27 (laughs) to 25. So I'm not sure if that's worth it. Interestingly, you look back to the Rio Olympics, uh, the weather was 24. And at those Olympics, there was a record 62 men under 220. So, you got to wonder why people are, are fretting over a possible three degree increase. I'm guessing that um, perhaps people are, are afraid or are weary of what could happen after the Doha World Championships. Of course, it was 32, and a lot of people had a rough time on the course. So, uh, perhaps that's being taken into consideration. Yeah. Just a
0: quick numbers and in, in Qatar at the women's in the women's race, it was 28 of 68 DNF. And in the men's race, there was 18 of 73. It was a little bit better cond- conditions in the men's race. Although they, many analysts were saying that the men's race sort of more closely mirrored what we're going to see next summer in the Olympics in terms of temperature and conditions. So, I mean, to me, it, it just it, all it matters is that the race is competitive and exciting and, the races in Qatar were actually pretty good, so or very interesting. They are compelling, that's for sure. So, anyway, moving along. Next topic. A 16-year-old Ohio cross-country runner gets disqualified at a district high school meet, and it makes international news. Alex,
1: why? So her name was Noor Abu Karam, and it was a 5K. She ran a personal best time of 22-22, And after the race, she was informed that she was disqualified for wearing a hijab, something she had been doing for races before without ever any problem. Andrew,
0: what's the bigger picture with this? Why is why does this matter beyond um, it just being a kind of infuriating, stupid situation?
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is something that that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, the Ohio Athletic Association said um, that these rules are in place uh, for people's safety, but there's no the hijab is not impeding anyone; it's not affecting anyone's safety. Um, we're at a point now where where um, people are allowed to wear them in the Olympics. Uh, Noor was in fact even wearing one designed by Nike, um, so it just it seems illogical. Um, and it seems like this should just be written into the rule. She shouldn't have to get a waiver uh, before the race. Um, she
0: she had a great quote, and we'll 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 leave the topic with this. But what was that? What was that quote? And she had a really she sort of had the smartest thing to say about all, this whole thing.
2: Yeah, she told uh, Runner's World, "I shouldn't have to let people know and bring a waiver to let people know I'm racing. I am baffled by that.
0: Absolutely, totally stupid. Uh, anyway, moving on." Fourth topic, a father and son go for a little jog for 42.2 kilometers and they set a record. Andrew, tell us a little bit more about the run in Frankfurt.
2: Well, it was um, the always underlooked but uh, classically entertaining Guinness World Record was broken by, um, by Irish runners, uh, father and son, Tommy Hughes, uh, the father, and Ian Hughes um, in Frankfurt. Uh, Tommy ran the marathon in 2.27.52, um, sent a, a personal best and a, a world record for his age co- uh, group, and Ian ran uh, 2.31, so uh, couldn't quite keep up with the old man, actually.
0: So Alex, the combined world record is under five hours now. It was actually five oh two if I'm not mistaken before um that's pretty crazy i mean it's,
1: cra- it's crazy. If you dip under the five hour mark is pretty good, but I think the elephant in the room is uh Ian is there there's a whole lot of improvement that could happen there. Ian could probably get a good ten minutes faster, so whoa, whoa. if the Poor Ian <laughs> if if the world record. Wants to be competitive and if they want to keep it for a while, give him two years. I bet you Tommy uh can perhaps run within a minute of mm-hmm. his current personal best and drop ten minutes, Ian. And uh we got a faster world record on our hands. There's potential there. And if you look at the pictures that uh the running club posted on Facebook,
0: you'll notice they're both wearing the Nike next percent shoes.
2: Oh. God.
0: <sighs> Moving along. Last topic, and this is a bit of a weird one. Nick Simmons, who was a pretty damn good 800-meter runner, uh, won a world championship medal, Olympian. He has segued into a career as a hustler for his company RunGum, which is basically, he describes it as a, a energy drink in gum format. But he's been making these really funny videos, Alex. Two in particular came out this week, one today, one a few days ago. We wanted to talk about the first one, and then we ended up watching the entire second one. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the first
1: one, which is the Kipchoge Challenge. So the Kipchoge Challenge had Nick Simmons trying to run at Elliot Kipchoge's sub-two-hour marathon pace, uh, which is 253 per kilometer for 200 meters, 400 meters, 600, 800 1K on the track. And I think he stuck to pace for most of it until the kilometer. I think he crossed the line in 255 and he was gassed by the end.
0: No knocking him for that. I mean, running under three minutes a kilometer is impressive if you're a retired athlete. Andrew, tell us about the turtle outfit, the turtle co- costume.
2: <laughs> well, that was the uh, the second video we watched, uh, which as you mentioned, we watched the entire thing and, and this was not a quick video. This was 18 minutes long and it was Nick Simmons dressed in a, uh, a turtle costume for Halloween, racing people uh, over forty meters on Venice Beach for a hundred dollars. Uh, and he he actually didn't win every single one of them, which was was kind of shocking.
0: But yeah, he got beat a couple of times, pretty yeah. close. Uh, he would do, try to dive for the finish line, one, and, and we were all like laughing our asses off when okay. that happened. Uh, I love the idea of him like putting up a hundred bucks and racing random strangers. And he is sort of a charismatic guy. We often talk, I mean, our conversations often revolve around getting running to being a, at a place where it is a respected sport, not just a pastime, not just a, a hobby and a personal recreation and a health lifestyle choice, that it is a spectator sport. It is something that is entertaining. And because I believe it's entertaining, um, especially and I, especially when you get a guy like Nick Simmons, who is kind of keeping his, his his face in the game to a certain degree. He's grown a career out of this after after the fact and he's doing shit like this which is like quite funny um, and weirdly charming
2: yeah Yeah, he's either a genius or
1: or an idiot A polarizing (laughs) guy (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah.
0: he's like he's like he's cool with playing the fool which uh is is tough to do when you've when you've got an ego when you're uh when you were once a world beating athlete like he ran like what 142 for 800 meters 142 Yeah. yeah So, I mean, hats off to Nick
1: Simmons. It's one (laughs) of those any publicity is good publicity type thing. If it gets people to know who Nick Simmons is, maybe it gets people to know what track and field is. And if that's the case, I'll
0: cringe a bit more. Keep making your videos, Nick Simmons. (laughs) All right, that's it for this week. Uh, Make sure to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, thexc.substack.com. Alex, you've also got a Canadian university cross-country and track and field focused uh,
1: flavor of newsletter as well. Where do you find that? Yeah, so that's uh, U Sports, the XC. We call it the U, so sister column. Um, A few uh, editions coming out around the U Sport Championship, which is next weekend in Kingston. So keep your eye out for that if you're interested in university sports. Exciting. (laughs) And we're going to have a
0: couple of podcasts up in the next week as well. uh, So keep an eye out for those. We'll be doing a hot takes we'll be doing winners and losers of the new york city marathon i'll be chatting with john lafranco on sunday afternoon about that so we'll get that out hopefully by sunday night and thanks for listening